0: Every year the Civil War recedes farther into the past, but every year we find new information. For example, a new diary of someone who lived in Washington during the Civil War years, soon to be published. We'll talk with its editor, Frank Milligan, when we return on Civil War Talk Radio.
1: In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count, minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk, which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: Looking for answers in real estate? We break it down for you. Each week, the Exeter Group explores how successful investors evaluate and acquire real estate to build their portfolio. From financing tips, tax and accounting strategies, and advice on how to control risk, the Exeter Group entertains and informs while divulging secrets used by the most successful investors. Tune in to the Exeter Group every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio Studio A. Hey, how
1: you doing? Educational videos, top quality, right here. You'll never hear anyone selling education on the street. But with free family learning programs, you can get the education you need. Call 1-877-FAMLIT1 for information on free learning programs. 1-877-FAMLIT1. Check it out, check it out. we your GED right here, guaranteed, ma. Come on, check it out. Free family learning programs from the National Center for Family Literacy. Brought to you by the National Center for Family Literacy and the Ad Council.
0: You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Talking today with Frank Milligan, director of the President Lincoln's Cottage at the Soldiers' Home. It's the place where lincoln spent the summer months in 1862 63 and 64 on the outskirts of washington dc uh where indeed a substantial part of his presidency was conducted it's a place that was lost to historical knowledge uh people knew he'd gone there but uh, the the facility itself fell into uh other uses or disuse and uh from a historical point of view lay ne- neglected until The mid 1990s, um, a number of people played a role in rediscovering the cottage. Uh, My colleague here at East Carolina University, David Long, was among those who uh, found it, uh, who mentioned it to people at the Lincoln Forum uh, under the leadership of Harold Holzer and Frank Williams, who played a big role in uh, making it a project, uh, bringing it to national attention bringing it to the attention of of, uh, Dick Moe, head of the uh, uh, National uh, Trust for Historic Preservation, uh, eventually bringing it to the attention of the Clinton administration, which uh, helped gain national publicity. Uh, Frank, am I leaving people out of the the rediscovery story that you know of?
1: Well, I'm really glad you mentioned uh, the Lincoln Forum, Jerry, because Definitely that group and with Frank and Harold uh, leading the charge were instrumental in, uh, in in really getting this brought forward for uh, for preservation and uh, they continue to be great supporters
0: it, it's uh, uh, it, it is just a remarkable story how, uh, how how this came to be how it came back uh, uh, back into national attention um, I'm, I'm reminded of it every day because uh, when I walk by uh, David Long's office here at East Carolina, he has a photo on his door of uh, Hillary Clinton giving uh, an address on the grounds of the Soldiers' Home, uh, uh, which really first brought it, I think, into the national spotlight.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, and, and I'm looking at a photograph on my bookshelf now that, we, that was discovered in, in uh, Mary Lincoln's family uh, album, which I think was at the Lincoln Museum, was it not? Uh, that's right at one point but said you know how dearly i loved the soldier's home i think that was written uh, just a few months after the assassination and uh another aspect of the story that after willie lincoln's death that the place really provided a place of grief qu- quiet grief uh for, for at least for mary lincoln and you know i think the president um, could not afford to to get away from business for too long but certainly mary lincoln's year long uh, grieving much of that was done out here
0: now, one thing about the photograph uh, that, that I mentioned from, from one of the rededications in, in the 1990s is that there's a, a glorious big tree in the picture. And uh, there was a lot of talk about how this tree was there in Lincoln's day. And, and at the time when I was, uh, at, at one point, I actually uh, was thinking about uh, the position you hold. Uh, and I talked to Dick Mo about the directorship there, but I was at the Lincoln Museum at the time. and uh For one reason or another i 'm back in academia uh, instructing the youth of America in my own way the uh, But the tree uh ended up falling down shortly afterward.
1: Yes, and uh, we we did have an analysis of the of the rings done, and it was uh, a post Lincoln tree.
0: Yes, so, I remember uh, that. It, it turned out the the it, it was almost a blessing in disguise because it, was, it saved, uh, saved you from injury. It inter-bring.
1: was, and I'm looking out my window now on that location where that tree was, and I'm looking at new trees that uh, we've fortunately had that, the the uh, support of our lead donor uh, Robert Smith because of his support belief in Lincoln Cottage. We've brought in beautiful oak and maple trees from as far away as georgia and, and uh... pennsylvania to recreate the physical setting that the lincoln's had while they were here it's it's a huge undertaking and uh... thanks to that support when the visitors come here not only will they visit our galleries which set the stage uh... wonderfully for their visit to the cottage but they'll have a sense of to get back to one of your questions was what why was this place you know what made it so special for the lincoln's and that has to do with uh, really with the, with the whole outdoor setting and the, and the wonderful trees and shade and, and, and whatnot. And we've recreated that. Uh, we're just now laying down the pathways uh, and, the, and the carriage routes with the material that looks just like the, the hard-packed uh, dirt that would have been here. Uh, so it's really a different experience that people will get from the downtown museums. Uh, there will be you know parking and wonderful shaded walks and picnic facilities and really i think it's an oasis it it remains an oasis within metropolitan dc today just as it was an oasis outside of uh, of dc and lincoln's time
0: uh, for the veterans i believe isn't there a golf course on the premises there is a golf course i've been known to lose a few golf
1: balls there myself jerry
0: excellent well, maybe, maybe uh, next time I'm out there, we can find a way to uh, uh, to, to shoot a quick next, round. I think
1: that's an excellent idea.
0: I, I would certainly enjoy that. The,
1: uh,
0: the let let me ask you. I, I mentioned uh, I was out there. I think 2002 or three. I guess 2002 uh, when when the project was in its infancy and there were, there was no director at the time. Um, sometime after that, uh, Peter Carmichael briefly. Served as director. Uh, asked him on the show what happened. He didn't didn't really say. So I'm not going to press anybody about that. But he'll, he was there a few months.
1: I think, uh, like you, he really felt that he wanted to be in the classroom.
0: I, I think that that may have been the, the case. I, I know uh, when, when I talked to, to to Dick to Dick Mo uh, about doing uh, the, the job that you're doing. Uh, it became clear that that fundraising has to be a big element of it. Yes. And absolutely. Uh, I'm sure you must spend a fair amount of your time doing that.
1: I do, but you know what? It's fun to, to it's fun to sell Lincoln and uh you know people are just so interested in him and his story that if uh you know if you got a fundraise uh, as part of your job which I have to do, I, I couldn't have a better story to pitch.
0: That that is certainly true. Let me ask you what what were you doing before you came to the the, uh, the Lincoln Cottage?
1: Well, I I've been a museum uh Business um, for a while. I, I did the reverse of you. I started out in the classroom in college and college, and got into this. and uh, uh, I'm a Canadian, if, if uh, no one's guessed with the accent. But I've been in the States for a while. I uh, developed a new whaling museum on Nantucket, and then uh, this opportunity surfaced. and uh, I just I, at the time I, I remember I was reading uh, uh, Holter's book and Cooper Union, and uh, I took that as a sign that um, that this was this was the next job. So I uh, really enjoy working with our staff. Here, a great staff to bring together the uh, the, the media and the exhibits and, and the story for visitors, putting the whole package together. Uh, and fortunately, I've been able to um, to research and do some writing. And uh, as you said, I've been working, uh, publishing a, a wonderful wartime diary uh, written by Horatio Nelson Taft. A terrific uh, insight into wartime Washington and uh, even the Lincoln family. So. Uh,
0: I, I want to ask you about that diary, but just one more question uh, but regarding your own background, because I, I teach public history, and I'm always curious about people who go into uh, museum work. Uh, uh, nowadays, it's more and more common that people get a public history degree and go into the field, but... Uh, I, I didn't do it that way, and many people, my generation, uh, there, there was no public history training. Right, uh-huh. we just f- fell into it. What, what's your story?
1: Well, they, basically the same. I, after I finished my master's, I, I got into museum education work in Canada, and then went on to do a, a doctorate in uh, American, combined American-Canadian intellectual history, and uh, uh, ta- accepted a teaching job, and then realized that it just wasn't for me, and then just. Continued to get into you know, museum project work, developing museums, and uh, continuing with a, a real interest in the Civil War era, uh, and uh, so this was a, a perfect match for me.
0: Well, it, it sounds like you are doing great things there. Um, the, in just a few minutes left, I wish we had more time. Uh, the diary of Horatio Nelson Taft uh, is. Uh, Well, tell us about this. Who was Taft, and and how did you get a copy of his diary?
1: Well, Taft was basically a uh, middle-level civil servant. He was a a patent officer here, and really, uh, in his own right, uh, not that significant a fellow. Uh, But the diary he left uh, through 1861 through 1865 is just rich uh, with insight into into the the war, into... uh, uh you know seen through a war democrat's eye here's a man that was as equally comfortable in the Buch- in the Buchanan and Lincoln White Houses and uh, uh managed to keep his job when when the republicans took over uh lost it for a while and then through some heavy lobbying uh through Mrs Lincoln and and some of her uh uh colleagues uh, re- retained his job regained his job so the diary itself uh was uh is at the library of congress and uh, John Sellers uh, brought it to my attention, uh, and I started working on this uh, about two years ago, uh, completing the uh, the annotations and uh, um, getting ready to hopefully have it published uh, with uh, in Illinois Press next year. But what a wonderful diary! And you know, to to have a a war Democrat's view of the Lincoln presidency and the ebb and flow of the uh, the highs and lows of living in Washington for those four years really comes through in this diary, uh, you know, from immediate threats of, of uh, Confederate attack, which seemed imminent almost all the time, real or imaginary. Um, the stories of is the man who spent every evening on Pennsylvania Avenue basically just networking and visiting with...
0: Uh, he, he hangs out at Willard's Hotel a lot. In the,
1: in the, he did. Uh, he hung there. out at a lot of the hotels down there. His children were great buddies of the Lincoln children, and they the, uh, they they spent equal amount of time at the White House and the Lincoln children staying at at the Taft residence. Uh, when uh, yeah, Willie uh, died, some of the, yes. you know, the the diary entries there are really quite quite heart heartbreaking because they'd become very good friends, and the, and the, you know Taft knew them well and spoke very highly of of Willie and and um, his his uh, tremendous judgment and foresight more than any boy his age, as he wrote in his diary. And then after that, Mary Lincoln just couldn't stand to see the Taft boys around, because they reminded him of Willie, and they were basically shunned. Uh, and then with the assassination, uh, Taft's son, Charles, was the first doctor to reach uh, Lincoln after the assassination. And uh, that three-page entry of uh, really provides tremendous insight into the hours following the, uh, following the assassination. Uh, I think, but for for anyone really interested in insight into the, uh, you know, a war Democrat's view of emancipation, you know how he how he really supported Lincoln, but didn't really have uh, much to say for uh, slavery per se. It was just you know not a big issue with this particular man. Uh, all of those stories come to light in this diary. It's it's great stuff.
0: Well, it it really is. Uh, he does have those rare connections through uh, his son, uh, as a doctor at the assassination, through his children playing with the Lincoln children. He's not just any mid-level functionary in Washington, but he's got it Right,
1: and I think he thought of himself more highly than that, and so he decided to leave his legacy in his diary, and especially 1862. Uh, it was just it's just really thorough and immensely insightful into not just in Washington, but also. In, in the camp surrounding Virginia, north of the city, where this guy was from New York, and loved to visit uh, the New York regimental camps.
0: Well, I, you know, I think many of our listeners will be familiar with uh, the the Rebel War Clerks Diary, the uh, famous publication that gives insight into uh, what life was like in Richmond. And this, right, uh, I, I am reading the uh, manuscript uh, of the diary right now, the uh, the typescript rather with your annotations uh, uh, at John Seller's request uh, for publication so we can get this out there and let the rest of the world see it. But you're not exaggerating. It really does give the atmosphere of wartime Washington in a remarkable way, and uh, it'll be a very valuable addition when it comes out. Unfortunately, we are once again out of time here on Civil War Talk Radio. So, uh, Frank, I I do look forward uh, to coming out uh, next time in Washington uh, to, to seeing the soldiers home. And I know all our listeners will want to do the same thing.
1: Thank you, Jerry. I've enjoyed this a lot. And, again, just to remind your listeners, President Lincoln's cottage opens February nineteenth, two 2008. Buy your tickets online at www.lincolncottage.org. Pre-buy your tickets so you know that when you come here you've got a spot. Um, And I I, I can guarantee you'll learn something about Lincoln and enjoy your visit.
0: Well, I've enjoyed our visit today, Frank. Listeners, thank you for joining us on Civil War Talk Radio.